Well, welcome to the Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of the Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at the Crossing Church. Well, I'm Pastor Mark. I'm the discipleship pastor here at the Crossing Church. With me today to my left is... I'm Pastor Leslie. I'm the children and family pastor here at the Crossing. And to my right... Oh, it's just uh, Pastor Brian having a little uh, what I call Sunday, or actually Monday hangover from Sunday. Not Nothing weird. Nothing just, weird. Just yeah. uh, no a lot of talking. No eggnog. No eggnog. I like Too it. Too much right. grape just, juice. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And how are you doing? You good? Yeah. You yeah. I think, good? I think I'm fine. Hey, I had one of those nights where, uh, one of those days afterwards where a lot of texts, a lot of conversations, a lot of positivity, a lot of good things, but then, uh, I couldn't calm down and then all of a sudden the alarm was going off and Ooh, here I am on yep. the podcast. Yep. Yeah. I was wondering, your voice was a little lower than normal. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's well, hard to get there, but yeah, yeah, well, it is. It is. <laughs> well, we are, we are glad to be here today. And, uh, we, we actually were discussing, in our uh, pre-recording meeting, that there was an event that happened that somehow none of us really caught, but it's kind of important in culture. So we're going to talk about it anyway, even though we have oh, great. no yeah. con- you know, no Welcome background to whatsoever. How I, how I feel about sports. That is ball. true. She does. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> can't yeah. say, can't say sports ball. Come on, get out of here. I've anyway, got headphones on. I can't. It's true. She can. <laughs> so uh, there was there was an event that happened this uh, just recently, the Golden Globes. So I've never been a big you know, award show connoisseur, but Pastor Brian, you actually said that you, oh, I'm throwing you under the bus. Yeah, yeah, I you, got nothing. I you, can't even believe this. You said you actually, uh, you you almost enjoy. I don't know if, maybe enjoy is a strong No, no, it's, it's actually enjoy. You're correct. I, I actually have found myself now, Last night, or the Golden Globes were on. Yeah, I mean, that, evidently, that, I don't that, know. That, that know. did that did happen to me, and I did not see one second of it. But but I actually enjoy watching all of those award shows. I really do because it reflects on culture. It helps me to feel like I'm still somehow connected at the uh, old age of fifty seven. There it is. And and I'm uh and I just. I, I actually like it, and sometimes I stare at those things in disbelief as to what's going on, and sometimes I'm, I yell at the screen about, you got to be kidding me, they didn't win, <laughs> but that stuff happens. Yeah, well, and, and it sounds like there were a few, uh, I believe the, the correct term is snubs. Oh, uh, okay. I think that's the, the phrase that we use for that kind of thing. And uh, But to give you a couple of highlights, because I did, I did look this up to see what was you know, kind of I'm glad somebody on. did. Yeah, I know, right? So it started, the host, you know, just literally stood up and said, could have uh, all of this just been an email, to which I think we all say yes. It could have, (laughs) if anyone who has ever been in a Zoom meeting in the last year, you know, I think we could say this could have just been an email. So, you know, anyway, so that's how it started, which is great. But so, so a a big, a, a positive highlight, the first woman of Asian descent to receive best director. Okay, that's a, that's a big deal, and and actually, I looked this up as well. The first woman since 1984 to win it, so good for her. Yeah, good for yeah. her. Well, I wish I, I wish I had more to uh, say. No, no, and, it's, and it's I, beautiful. I, I'm well, not practicing what I preach on this award show thing. Well, you might be able to speak to this a little oh, boy. bit. This okay. next portion, okay. So now, as this award show has has been going on, they've had to make some modifications with you know social distancing and things like that. So there were a lot of uh, Zoom calls in with with some of the people, and there were some difficulties when it came to Zoom. Uh, and one individual in particular wins the award, and everyone's really excited, and he starts talking, and he didn't unmute himself. And so they're, uh, they're, we've all been there. Yeah, well, That's we've fantastic. all been there. We've all been there. However, however, my favorite part, though, was the Zoom call of the individual who won, and you could tell clearly was not expecting to win because he shows up for the Zoom call in a hoodie 
And literally the first words out of his mouth are, and, and this actually, maybe you can help me with this, but the first words out of his mouth were, this is nuts. Wow. <laughs> and, and he just, he was happy. He I was guess, happy to be I there. guess so. I'm glad. I wish he would have at least went with a collared shirt. Well, you know, I mean, that's, you know, in, in hindsight, yes. But so if you're not expecting a win, maybe still at least wear a button up. Minimum, yeah, something. Minimum, yeah, but yeah. Wearing hoodie. So lots of dogs, lots of kids. I guess Mark Ruffalo won and his teenage Kids just couldn't quite stay out of frame, and so he's trying to give his acceptance speech, and they're jumping around in the background. It's just it's a lovely thing. Keeping so, it real. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's and the, right. And the, now the final, the, the interesting bit, there was I thrown out a name, and I'll admit I didn't know who it was until I had to look him up. Norman Lear. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. Norman Lear. Yeah. You know yes. Norman? I, okay. I mean, I don't, man, I'm trying to remember the TV shows or what he did in the oh, past, man. but yeah, so there's, a, there's probably a lot. Funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. All in the Family. Yeah, yeah. Sanford and Son. One, okay. one Day at a Time. Yeah. Good times, mod, the Jeffersons. Oh, yeah. All, yeah. All well, yeah. Stuff. I mentioned 57. I'm there familiar with all of those shows. There you go. Yeah. I had no idea what any of those yeah, sh- that, that shows Yeah, that hurts. Were Thanks, Mark. You're okay. welcome. So, but he, so he was interviewed last night because you talking about turning 57. Norman Lear is 98 years old. Wow. And they asked him, they said, what's, what's your secret to your longevity? And, and honestly, sweet, touching moment. He said, never living or laughing alone. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I said good that, that's good. Way to that's go, good. Norma. I like that. Yeah. So taking taking that wise and and just fantastic sage advice. I don't know how we're going to transition to that, but <laughs> you know, Pastor Brian brought us uh, actually he he brought us a good word this this past week uh, a, a a difficult word. Um, I think for for a lot of people, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But it is the culmination of our series on the Beatitudes. So we uh, we are. Thrilled to, I think, uh, have gotten this far with them and, and seen actually a really, really positive response from our people. Um, and so, and, and even in the midst of this one, you know, because I'm sure when you think of, you know, just wonderful Christian things, you're thinking of, oh, yes, how can I be persecuted? So I know that's your favorite beatitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being a being a guy that's, uh, you know, highly relational and loves people. It's like, hey, can I tell you the facts? You're going to suffer. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to face opposition. Yeah. Things things are going to get difficult. Yeah, it's I mean it is it is interesting and we've talked several times even on here about how the beatitudes build on each other. So it starts with blessed are the poor in spirit, which is a total dependence on God, and then it ends up with oh after oh, by the way, since you're being dependent on God, you're going to have to understand that uh, you're going to suffer like he did. Yeah, and you you had a line that I loved. It, it was just one of those like you get to the end of that sentence and you say, "This isn't what I signed up for," you know. It's just it's <laughs> like, and you're right. You know, that's we don't perceive that necessarily to be. You know, this is what I'm signing up for when I agree to this. But so, but before we get there, maybe give us a thirty second recap of this whole thing known as persecution and what it means to be blessed when we're experiencing it. Well, well, first of all, my take. My take on the, the whole idea of persecution is, is I took a moment both online and in person to actually pray for the people that understand and deal with persecution at a totally higher level than what we really understand in the American church. I, I reference places like Afghanistan and Pakistan, Sudan, India, Nigeria, and those are places where when you stand up for your faith, you could, you could be thrown in prison, you could be killed, there could be kidnapping taking place. And although we, you know, we're living in some interesting times in, in, in the American church and all of that, it's not like that. No. And, and so we, we actually paused and prayed for what's going on there. And I felt, I felt a ridiculous amount of conviction 
over feeling, even though things are interesting and a little awkward these days, feeling a lot like a spoiled brat yeah. uh, about the fact that we do really experience a lot of freedoms that we take for granted, but then we, uh, we do get uh, uptight about things that probably sh- it's nothing related to this. So I would first say that, that my slant on the sermon had to do with understanding the challenges of the American church and the American church taking more of a back seat to culture than we've ever uh, d- dealt with before. So that was the angle, but I also had to get out the big picture. Like I felt weird if you don't just acknowledge the depth of yeah. uh, what other people deal with. Yeah. And you, you actually had uh, used a reference talking about kind of our experience in high school, you know, kind of a, the introduction uh, of, you know, first time freshman versus, you know, all right, I'm almost out of here senior. And, uh, and it was, it was a good reflection, but what, what I, what I loved, we actually, uh, for anyone who's listening, if you were in person, you actually kind of missed out on a really cool creative opportunity. So uh, we actually, for our online services filmed uh, pastor Brian on location um, at, at a place in downtown Denver called the Evans School. Uh, now, so, and, and you did a little bit of background on this this particular building. It's old. Yeah, 1904. I mean, yeah. that's older than Maymark. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. Barely. <laughs> but that's older than Norman Lear. I mean, yeah, you know, we're exactly. talking about that. Yeah, that dude's old. Yeah. yeah. But it's a gorgeous building. Yeah, beautiful building, wood floors, copper everywhere, and, uh, and, and it was functional from 1904 to, I think, somewhere around 1970. And it was, uh, you know, the, the weirdest part for me was, even though it was uh, what I thought to be some nice dramatic effect, but it, it, it <laughs> seemed it seemed like you could still, you walked through there and you could still hear the, the chatter of what, was, oh, yeah. what had gone on there in the past. It was, a, it was a fun experience. Walked into the auditorium where we did the online and I saw the old wooden chairs and I hadn't thought about the uh, elementary school that I went to in Wisconsin that had it was it was twice the size of that auditorium, but it had the same wooden chairs. Yep, and it yep. smelled and it smelled the uh-huh. same, which I don't know how to how that works, but but it was interesting. Well, for anyone who is 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 listening and wondering, you know, why is he talking about the life of the school? Like I I was there, I was in the building, uh, and got to experience that. And honestly, I would agree. There were, there was just something about the building you walk through, and you could you could just see what it would have looked like on a busy busy school day. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, actually. At one point, you were following me. We were walking up there, and I turned around, and you were no longer behind me. And I think it's because you got distracted by the gym <laughs> that yeah. was down the hall on the second yeah. floor. We're by get the sports way, sports in here one yeah. way or another. Yeah, right? There you go on the second floor. Yeah, because then you come back and you said, "What in the world was that gym? Like it was like half a gym." Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make sense. There was line. There were the lines that were on the floor. It, it looked like a game that I'd never seen before. It didn't. It wasn't a basketball court. But I, uh, I do love the, the, the smell of an old gym and just had to look in. But you could just sense uh, when that place was a busy place, like you said. And, and I referenced the fact that the, uh, there was a time where the American church was that kind of busy, essential, uh, in the middle of things place. And when we, when we enter school, we think about maybe our freshman year. Uh, for me, it was a little bit scary. And then by the senior year, things have changed. And I talked about how the American church has kind of become the unknown, scared freshman walking through life right now, trying to figure out what do we do now that things are different. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's a great, I mean, that is a great question. That is a great, I think it's something that we have to wrestle with and we have to talk about and, and recognize, again, how do we do that 
in the midst of also recognizing, you know, the global church. Again, going back to you talking about the persecution and and actually, you know, for those listening, Pastor Leslie, if you didn't know, she is Canadian. So what's that all the booty? But yeah, there Good it try. is. I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna yeah. pay for that later. Yeah. But yeah, I don't even know what just happened. Yeah, well, so but I mean that's you know Pastor Leslie often kind of keeps us grounded a little bit, bringing in her experience in the Canadian church as well. And so you know we, uh, Pastor Brian, you actually brought up um, some of the kind of the the unchurched, the wh- whatever the term is that we're using, post Christendom, uh, Christendom, you know whatever that might be in America. Um, but I, I kind of want to, and by the way, I didn't tell her that I was, I was doing this ahead of time, but Pastor Leslie, could you give us a quick synopsis of what post-Christendom looks like in Canada right now? Oh, post-Christendom has been a part, has been in Canada for decades already. I grew up in a post-Christendom culture. Um, and by post-Christendom, what we mean is that the church is not the, um, the focus of culture, which I don't think church ever needs to be the focus of culture. And so the church... It's just doing church, even though culture is shifting and changing and all of that. So I grew up in this culture where most people didn't go to church on Sunday um, or on Wednesday or Friday or whatever day of the week church happened. And um, growing up in Canada, where we're obviously the nicest people in the entire Clearly. world. Yeah. I um, hear that. This I'm told that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty nice, y'all. I'm okay. pretty nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then... To become a Christian was actually a moral step down because now that you're a Christian, you're hypocritical and you're judgmental and you're not inclusive and you don't want to participate and you have your thing over there and we have our thing over here. So growing up in this culture was just, it's normal. Growing up in the culture that Denver finds itself in is normal. Then I moved to Kansas City to the Bible Ooh Belt boy. and there was a church on every corner and I'm like, why are there half empty churches on every corner? Why don't we just consolidate and move on? Because um, we don't agree with them down the road. And then I came to Denver where it is more post-Christendom where church isn't the center. And it was honestly this breath of fresh air of like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, it's whereas you not know, being shoved at me. Whereas I come from the Midwest and Pastor Brian, you came from Tennessee and you know, Church is a little different there. Well, Tennessee, Tennessee and Oklahoma, the places where I pastored yeah. before here, the, the the church was in most people's probably top three. I was going to go five, but I think I actually would yeah. say top three. And it was a lot the center of things. It was more like uh, the senior who had influence. Yeah. And then when, when we moved uh, to Colorado and it was more of this culture, I, I viewed it as a great... Uh, opportunity for the gospel, which I'm sure Canada is as well. Mm-hmm. But it also, the the challenge is very different. And the independence of this place is very different. And uh, just the whole just sense of people's interaction. Community is a natural in certain parts of the country and not as much here. And that was one of the harder things for me to adjust to. Uh, even though I knew, kind of knew it was coming, I, I wasn't quite ready for the independent streak of, yeah. of this, of this area. Yeah. And I think that that kind of even takes us into, you know, this, you, you brought up a point um, that really seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Uh, and, and to, so to expand from the individual to us as a corporate body of believers, you know, we have, when we, when we recognize that maybe we're not, you know, the hotshot seniors, you know, and, and now I will admit there are moments that maybe that metaphor doesn't work. Cause you know, there's, there's, 
there are some mean seniors out there. Yeah, there are. You, you, know, you can take that too you know, far. That swagger yeah, can get you in right? trouble. Shoving them in a locker, yeah, you know, yeah. f- putting their head in a toilet, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hi- high school was rough, guys. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. But but part of that is when we are beginning to recognize that maybe our our influence is waning, maybe that our even our role in society, in culture, whatever that might be, whether, you know, whether we would say we should be involved, whether we shouldn't be involved, whatever that might look like, you you know, you brought up this point, our responsibility uh, is to not let ourselves get bitter. Yeah, I had tons of people respond to me. That's part of the reason I got the deeper voice this morning with, <laughs> with, the, with the idea that the, the church's response to no longer being the center of American culture or, or more influential, or most influential in things, is how do we respond now? And, and unfortunately, the reality is, is it could go the route of being judgmental. Yeah. It could go the route of, of, of kind of, you know, we're right, and I'm just going to be ticked off at culture for being so stupid, and you can kind of be a know-it-all, and then you just kind of isolate, and you forget that the mission of the church includes the, uh, the 47% in Denver that don't give a rip about God. And, and if we have allowed ourselves to get bitter and resentful against culture and let's just say those people, then we have lost the point. Yeah, the moment we are kind of stuck with our own, this is wrong, this isn't right, we actually have just told 40, 47% of Denver that you're wrong, you're not right, you're not welcomed yeah. here. And that's a big problem. If we want to see the world changed for Jesus, we got to get rid of our complaining attitude. We, the church can do a lot if we put down the, their pieces bigger than my piece. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where I went nuts. And this is the weirdest thing. Uh, I hadn't thought about this before right now in the podcast. So it's kind of cool. In all of my 30 plus years of ministry, I, I, I never have had to sort of cheerlead. Don't let that be a visual. <laughs> oh, uh, too late. I, yeah, I, have, I wasn't I, thinking I, it, I, but I have, now I'm I thinking I've had to cheerlead the idea that the church actually is resilient, yeah. can be remarkable, and revival can happen even now. I mean, it was like people were looking back at me and going, well, oh, that's not what I've heard. Yeah. That's not that. That might even not be the way I think. You mean we still can? Yeah. And it was weird, but it was kind of, it was really refreshing, sticking with ours. It was really refreshing to me to actually, to actually be able to say to the, like, there's still hope. Yeah. I yeah. know that sounds ridiculous, but, no. but, but because of maybe because of pandemic and because of everything else we've been through so, so much, uh, negativity and all of that to, to actually look out at a smaller than normal congregation, but still go, you know, God's still got a plan. He's still in charge and we can still, we can still do this. We, there's still a bright future. Yeah. It's almost like everybody's like, well, the, I, I, I thought the future was dark. No. Yeah. It's this weird, we're in a weird um, kind of cultural climate right now, but the mission of the church hasn't changed. Right. I don't understand. I really don't. And I'm coming like I, I'm showing my Canadianness here. <laughs> get out. Yeah, get out. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, thanks. thanks. Well, I got some Milwaukee in my past. All right, that's, all right. that's not that's, too far. That's no, like it's South, not. That's South Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all it is. Um, America is Canada's pants. Um, oh. <laughs> wow. See, I always thought Canada was America's hat. Nope. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. All I'm, right, anyway, I'm staying out know. of this. Moving on. Y'all could take that home. Oh, I don't know where I was going now. You're bringing up being a Canadian versus American oh, culture. In and, terms you know. of like. You're welcome. Um, I don't understand why 
a political climate has to dictate the church's mission. Yeah. The church's mission has always to be, has always been preach Jesus, watch lives be transformed. Yeah. Be the hands and feet of Jesus, watch lives be transformed. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that, I think that ties into another point, Pastor Brian, that you brought up is is this this conversation, and this, this isn't the first time that we've used this phrase, but the comparison of being a fan of Jesus versus a follower of Jesus, you know, and that's that's an important distinction. Well, when you, if we actually can admit that we're not in the center of things like we were at some point in the past, what I actually know will happen as a follower, I I actually have to go a little deeper. I have yeah. to, I have to be a little more dependent. Oh, ding, ding, ding! That was the beatitude. That's where we started. I have to actually rely at a higher level. It's not just. I actually use the term. You know, the American church got fat and happy yeah. uh, over over just being in the center and feeling like we had influence. But I think we could actually, we might be able to actually get more spiritual and and change and transform and see more lives change because our dependence has gro- has gone up because we're not in the center anymore. Yeah, yeah. So if, if we are a fan, it's easy for us to just kind of fall by the wayside. And, you know, but if we're a follower, we find strength in that. We find strength in that dependency, in that, I mean, even to an extent, that little bit of persecution that we might we might experience. Yeah, I actually enjoyed how you uh, what you said at the uh, benediction of the services when you came up after I was done, oh. and you said I think something about begrudgingly. Yeah, I said you know may may we live our lives so rooted in in Jesus that we might even experience a little bit of persecution, and to which I said, and all God's people begrudgingly said, Amen. Yeah, and even even on the topic of, of persecution, you know, where James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, that word, you know, the word trials there can actually be translated yeah. into some persecution. Yeah. That is so foreign and so crazy. But if we look honestly at, the, at where we've been in life, it is those times in the valley, it is those trials, those tests, those, those things that have happened. I think if we're honest, that's where we grew the most. We just don't want any more of those to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just really struck with this, like the, uh, the church was the center of culture or whatever, but Jesus was never the center of culture. Mm-hmm. So by us following Jesus, is it actually not more n- normal? I don't want to use the word normal, but how does, how can the fact that Jesus was never the center of culture relate to the fact that the church doesn't have to be the center of culture? Is there something in there? To me, it, there is. There is something in that. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is there something in the fact that Jesus wasn't the center of culture? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what 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 Mark thinks on this, but uh, maybe after we'll know. But but <laughs> but, we, but I, I think when I say when I, when I think back to the American church being the center of culture, I think I think it just was. It was more. Um, there was more respect. There was more things in the middle of because of your the Canada past. I, I think. Still in the Bible Belt, there's a little bit more of that kind of thing where the church is the center. Maybe it is influential. Maybe it is meeting more needs. But I know that when we were in the center, we got distracted. Yeah. So I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. So yeah. So I think we are more dependent on Jesus in the in the margins than we were when we were in the center. So maybe that's even a good thing. Maybe we can be more effective. Yeah, I, I would agree with a lot of that, actually. Um, you know, and that's some of the conversations that we, we often 
hear from people, you know, we, we talk about, and you, you brought this up a little bit and you've alluded to it already. Um, just, you know, we, we're looking for revival. We're looking for, you know, what, what's funny is some of those folks, you ask them, you know, well, what are you actually looking for? And usually they give you a description of the church in the, you know, 70s, 80s, something, you know, they, back to the way things were, you know, when, when uh, bring in the special evangelist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I kind of laugh because when, when I think of revival, I think, you know, and all right, history nerd disclaimer, you know, I think back 1908, formation of the church of the Nazarene when we were amongst the people. I mean, we were in the inner cities. We were working with those who were hurting, who were poor, who were desolate, you know, taking that whole, you know, the, if you've taken care of these, you've taken care of me thing from Jesus pretty seriously. And that's, you know, that's, I think, and, and I think, I think that's something that everyone would agree to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's something that uh, it's, but we're, we're trying to figure out how do we get back to that? And that's the hard part because, now it's it's not you know we open our doors and people used to flock to us and now that doesn't happen as often yeah, anymore. I think that's that's what when we refer to the the church as the center. I think that's what it was. It didn't take, uh, it didn't it didn't take as much. It didn't no. take as much. Uh, you know, it just opened the doors. And if you're in uh, if you're in a Midwest community and you unlock your doors Sunday at ten, no. people are showing up. Yeah, no. and I and, and I think. To some extent, they're showing up more there than they are in Denver or yeah. other places in the yeah. country, but uh, not like it used to be. Yeah, yeah. These are great points, definitely. Well, before we uh, before we start to wrap this up, there's there's one. You know, I, I got to nerd out a little bit. You know, I okay. brought the history in, but yeah, nerd alert. I know, nerd right? alert. Yeah. I want to bring in a little bit of a uh, little bit of scripture that you actually referenced. So okay. we were talking about persecution. You you mentioned how you know in James trials can be turned into persecution, and but God uses these trials in order to better us. And so you, you brought up a story that is pretty well known between Abraham and Isaac. And there's, there's a, uh, there's a moment in which God comes to Abraham and says, Hey, take your son up and prepare him as a sacrifice. Okay. And what, what's interesting, and, and I want to give you a little bit of a, a fun, unique uh, moment that I had. I actually had a chance in seminary to write on this passage mm-hmm. and pretty, pretty at length. And uh, I actually had a former college professor of mine who happened to be in the neighborhood while I was working on it, had just finished it, and uh, uh, Dr. Eric Vale, great theology professor at Mount Vernon, and uh, he, he was asking me about schoolwork, and I told him, I said, yeah, I'm writing on the binding of Isaac. And so not the sacrifice of Isaac, but the binding of Isaac. Yeah, I actually, did I reference the fact that that would be a good sermon? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and maybe you already got it. So, so Dr. Vale grabs, no, so he, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Dr. Vale grabs me. He goes, you called it the binding of Isaac. And he hugs me. He goes, you're not an idiot. <laughs> said, <laughs> well, good Thanks. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's just the, the persecution. And, and again, just to show how God can use these, these experiences. When we look at the language, and if you go back, and, and, and I would encourage anyone, reread the story. At no point is God actually saying you're going to sacrifice your son. Merely just says, prepare him. Yeah, he actually tells the servants he's going to return. Yeah, prove to me that you are faithful and going to do what, you know, willing to do anything. You know, I'm not going to let you do it, but prove to me that you are willing to literally lay a promise down, you know, mm-hmm. regardless. And, and I'm just curious, what would it look like for us as the church, maybe no longer in the center of, of attention when, when you know, things happen, what would it look like for us to have that willingness and to say, you know what, this is what it means to be Christian. To lay it down, regardless. I don't I think, know. Well, I think what it means. I mean, uh, such the pastor answer. I hate these, but <laughs> I think what that would mean would be revival. Yeah, uh, I honestly feel yeah. like that. That's where where all of us would uh, take it deeper and actually confess and admit to some things that 
could and probably need to change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just struck with wanting to ask the question, what are you holding on to so tightly? Yeah. And that's what they were doing with, with Isaac. I mean, after all those years of waiting for a son and being a promised and then thinking yeah. and that's yeah. not yeah. going to happen. And then, and then that's where God goes with right. the test. Right. It would have been a lot easier to find something else, but not don't do Isaac. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a blessing. I, I already thought I went through that and having to wait so long. Right. Now I got to sacrifice yeah. him. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So maybe what, what is it? Not only that they were, what's the church holding on to? Mm-hmm. What, what are the promises that we think that, you know, are out there for us that we're holding on to? And maybe if we just let go, we might actually, might actually see those promises show up. Yeah. Let's know. even take it, even though I think most of you know, when Mark says the church, that's actually the individuals that make up the church. So yeah. what is it, you know, that we, yeah. I, Oh jeez, I don't. Oh know man, I, there's I that. Go yeah, oh. yeah that's, that, that, that gets too convicted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, these are, these are great things, and this is honestly, it's been a really good series. Um. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, before we before we end this, you want to give us a little sneak peek, uh, what we got coming up? Because you know, there's there's this kind of important day coming around, you know, the corner. Well, I've heard the tomb is empty. I, uh, I have heard that from time to time. It's going to be full for three days. Yeah, it, is, yeah, it okay. is going to be full. Yeah. And uh, Mark, you got the good Friday <laughs> yeah, I, service. I'm talking about that. So yeah, yeah, because any of you that don't know, I think we've probably <laughs> talked about it on here. But but in in love and understanding, I I I don't like Good Friday service. But I don't like it because I want to tell the rest of the story. I yeah. understand how important it is. Yeah. I mean, please understand. Yeah. I get that. But I also uh, uh, I know that it's that it's that it's necessary, but it's what we're going to get into for the next uh, several weeks is obviously we've, we've joked a little behind the curtain. I don't know what we're going to name it, but really we're on the road to the cross. It's a pursuit, but we're not actually going to call it that because we're, we're confused. It has something to do with, uh, the path to Golgotha. No, it doesn't. Leslie, what do it's, you want to? I I now forget what it was. Oh, come the on. path to the parade or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! The path but, to the party. Yeah, the path to the party. I like uh, this that. Might one. be it. But uh, it's going to have to do with peace. Okay, the, but the letter P. Yeah, the letter P. But the whole the whole the whole point being that we are going to prepare our hearts and get ready for the fact that we are going to celebrate in a party form. Uh, the fact that. Uh, the resurrection is the real deal, and it makes all the difference in our in our everyday faith. So this next week, we're gonna get into one of my favorite guys, the old Peter. Good old Peter, and uh, and you know that's 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 an important thing. So uh, we're gonna talk about him. He he's very relatable, especially if you're impulsive. So there you go. There's oh, a little teaser. There you, there you go. Boom. All right. Well, so that gives you all a reason to come back next week then and check us out. I would hope so. So to end today. Full circle. We talked about Norman Lear living to 98 years old. Okay. Now there's there's a there's a woman actually out there uh, currently, as far as I'm aware, the oldest living woman. I think she's 104, 105, something like okay. that. Her secret to living, you know. So we heard Norman Lear. Her secret to living: three Dr. Peppers a day. She swears by it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So so here's the question: mm. What is it going to take for you to get to the age of 98 or 104? Or 110. Who knows? So what what would be your life advice for anyone out there who maybe wants to live to see the wonderful triple-digit number in their age? Is this where the thing that's uncomfortable with me for this is this is, I think what I I have to stop doing, just a little confession, is my family is great at wanting dessert. And wanting dessert later after the meal, somewhere around 830, 
people have to check their phone. Hey, is Dairy Queen still open? Is this is Freddy's still open? Are different places still open? So if I was going to give advice, I would say probably stop saying yes to late night desserts. <laughs> That's the stupidest answer. But I'm, I'm feeling conviction. I brought an apple to church today because I'm going to wow. start. It's Monday, and I'm going to eat healthy. Okay. Until Tuesday? Tonight. Until oh, maybe yeah. oh, tonight when not somebody even says, hey, you want a blizzard? Want to go to Freddy's? All right. I got gotcha. you. Pastor Leslie, what's, what's your secret to get to 100? My first thought is I don't want to get to a hundred. Oh no! Uh, right, well, so somebody's asking. Well, for you. me though, like I've got my grandma lived to be over a hundred, so I feel like I got that in the bag with the genetics. Yeah, right. But basically, uh, I'm gonna say, go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a good. Oh, uh, that's that's an easy that's an easy cop out answer. You ready for mine? He told you not to eat dessert. I, well, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't say I agree with it. Now it's my cop-out answer. All right, you ready for my cop-out answer? Yours yeah, but you not had, to go to the doctor. But you've had a moment to think I about have, it, Mark. I have had a moment all to right. think about it. That's, that's one of my favorite parts of this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, all right, whatever. All go. right, so the secret to living to 100? Move to Canada. They got better health care. All right, well, there it is. Oh, I'll be here all week, ladies and gents. There you go. All right, well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. As always, you can find more information about our church at our website, crossingchurch.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments, you can email us at podcast at crossingchurch.org. And if you want to financially support the ministries of the church, you can do that online at our website, just crossingchurch.org slash give. We appreciate you all hanging out with us today, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for checking in with us. This, this, ooh, words are hard. Almost made it. We were so close. Thanks for checking in with us this week. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Get out. I also say the bull with us. The bull with us.